do, lift your Bible up in the air, please. I don't care if it's on a, a cell phone or, or a tablet or however you got it. Say this along with me. This is my Bible. The Bible is God speaking to me. And the Bible is the truth. It teaches me what to believe. How to think. How to live. How to speak. And how to walk. And also in it is the path to eternal life. And Father, we're grateful for the word of God. It is a lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. Thank you, Father. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. So we're hungry for the word today from the Holy Spirit. Well, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. We yield to you and ask that you would speak through this lips and this tongue, the all-powerful word of God. Lord, we're open to whatever grace, gifts, graces, manifestations or demonstrations of the spirit you will see fit to grant us this day. And Father, for whatever you do, we give you and you alone all the glory, honor, and praise. We ask this in that holy, mighty, matchless, and highest authority of all, Jesus of Nazareth, by his precious blood. Everyone in agreement with this prayer said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. As you see, open your Bibles to Acts chapter 4, please. And we're going to begin looking at the 33rd verse there. Praise God. Amen. Before we read Acts chapter 4, verse 33, I want to particularly give a shout out and my thanks to all of you who have served in the United States military or whatever branch you have served, whether you are retired or active, to first responders, praise God, whether you are EMS or police or fire. Uh, these people are the individuals who allow people like me to stand up and be able to share the word of God unhindered. Without them, praise God, we wouldn't have that freedom because as long as mankind has been on the earth, men have always tried to dominate other men. If you don't have protection and people who will stand up and fight for you, you'll wind up being enslaved. So I want to say thank you to all of you who serve in these regards in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Now we are living today in America at a time that is unforeseen in American history. We're living at a time where we have heavy handed government. You've seen in the last recent years, You've seen force mandates. You've seen suppression of the truth. The hatred grow of, of Christians. You've seen second, what the scripture said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2 uh, there about a great falling away from the, the truth of the gospel, a apostasia, as the Bible talks about, praise God, a defection from the truth. Uh, you've seen sexual perversions of all kind flaunted and market it today as normal and natural, including sex changes of minors without parental consent, mass abortions, indoctrinations in public schools to sin, abandoning of teaching of parents, loss of respect for elders, reprobate government, and loss of freedom. You have the least amount of freedom ever in American history now. The First Amendment, of course, talks about us having the right to be able to speak and assemble 
as we desire and to worship God freely. Part, uh, a great part of my ministry is, is overseas. And so I minister, particularly I'm assigned to Europe. We minister in Africa and uh, South America and other places too. But principally, the Lord sends me to Europe. And in Europe, they have lost their right of free speech. In Europe, there are things you cannot say unless you go to jail. See, they are, they are muzzled. You no longer have free speech in democratic Europe. The same thing is true in parts of Canada. And now the same thing is, is, is attempted to be done here in the United States. And I've got to tell you, when you lose the right to say what you want to say, then you have lost the right to be free. In fact, the reason for the Second Amendment is real reason was to protect the right of the first one. And so, praise God. Now, all of that is there, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate that we live in times like these, but what we're going to look at today is that we'll see that uh, nothing's new under the sun. Now, here in Acts chapter 4, verse 33, amen, and, and again, before I read, let me also say this. Uh, I have a book table out there, and there's, there's two books that, because of what I'm teaching today, I'm only going to be able to teach a thumbnail part of it. But I would encourage you to get this book called Grace Versus Judgment, Which One Is It? And the other one is Mercy Comes Before Grace. Amen. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let me, let me give these up to somebody. Uh, okay, amen. Those are your books, brother, so. Amen. Acts chapter 4 verse 33 says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. Amen. And so, of course, the word, the Greek word for grace, the New Testament is translated from the Greek, and the Greek word for grace is magos. And Megas has an absolute, very important meaning for us. Megas means large. Megas means big. Megas means broad. And megas means high. So, amen. So when you see great grace, obviously there's grace. But when you see great grace, then you're talking about grace not with a singular individual. You're talking about it being broad where it can cover an entire church or it can cover an entire region. It also, that word means larger. Amen. Praise God. What, what is it? It's Philippians 4, 6 that he give it more grace, of course. Uh, and of course, when you talk about that word more, more also means what? Increased amount. Hallelujah. I mean, it's incredibly important for us to understand when we talk about mezone, uh, which is the word for more, it means larger, it means greater, and it also means the word major. So you can have major grace, larger grace, praise God, manifest in a wide realm. So as I was seeking the Lord about, Lord, so what's my assignment today? What do you want me to minister to these people today? And, and the Lord shared with me something he wanted 
this church to do in this region. Your church to do in this region. Amen. God wants to bring about a full manifestation of great grace through Faith Outreach Church. Glory to God. Great grace. When you talk about great grace, when we get into it, praise the Lord, there are conditions, however, that have to be met in order for God to do that. So when you talk about great grace, you're talking about God turning up the power. Amen. So there is a, a manifestation of grace. You've been walking in the grace of God. But there is that grace of God you've been walking in can be turned up and so it's higher, stronger, broader, more impactful. That brings about signs, wonders, miracles, manifestations and demonstrations of the Spirit of God. Now none of that means a whole lot unless you understand what grace really is. What I found in the kingdom of God as I travel the world. What I found is that most people don't, don't know what grace is. See, it's, a, it's, it's become a religious term that people apply to everything. Even the news media does it. Even the world does it. And they confuse certain terms. They'll confuse the word like graciousness, which is not grace. But graciousness means condescending. Look it up in the dictionary condescending to someone, praise God, someone higher, uh, amen, being gracious or coming down to a level of someone to help them. God's been grace, graciousness has been shown to us in scripture. It's the word gracious, which means favor. And the base word that most people know, if they know anything about grace, they know that the word grace means unmerited favor. And they think it's only unmerited favor, but there's also in the scripture merited favor. There's both. Genesis chapter 6, praise God, you have what? You got uh, uh, Noah. And the word told you, they said that Noah, over there, verse 7 and 8, it said that Noah had found favor with God because he walked with God. Oh, amen. That's good. Amen. Right? He was a just man, it said. So he found favor with God. This is before Jesus came along. In terms of manifestation in the earth, praise God. But he had favor. He earned favor with God. And you'll read throughout the Old Testament that the word grace refers to favor. But in the New Testament, praise God, it has many other meanings. In the New Testament, most of the time, it does not mean favor. There are instances it does. Most of the time, it doesn't mean unmerited favor, although there are instances that it does. But the grace of God, praise God, refers to someone in particular. Now, just to help you just real quick with this, because I don't have time to teach on this. That's why I talk about the books. But turn to Hebrews chapter 4 just for a moment. Praise God. Now, I'll just run through just a couple of things about it. Because if you don't know what grace is, then great grace doesn't mean anything. So, so I want to, want to make sure at least you have a thumbnail on it. But, you know, I teach grace for days. So... <laughs> Take me days to teach it all. But Hebrews chapter 4, verse, verse 16, you're very familiar with, I'm sure, in a word church like this one. It says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. The Greek word for mercy is eleos. 
It means compassion, praise God. It refers to someone that has a very tender heart that is moved about the distress of someone else. God, amen. And find grace to help in time of need. And of course, that Greek word for, uh, for grace is Horace. God, amen. And then a lot of times people confuse the word uh, mercy and they confuse the word righteousness with grace. Of course, and righteousness, of course, has another Greek word, dikasini, uh, amen. That refers to your standing in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us that we might be made, okay, manufactured as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that's your standing. Okay, if you are born again, God has declared you as being righteous. And a lot of times people confuse that with grace. Grace is not a standing. Come on. It's completely not. These are all different Greek words for a reason because they are all different things. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, praise God, to help people understand it, I think the best way that we can do this is probably take you to Hebrews chapter 4, because I'm kind of searching here about how much I want to give you. But Hebrews chapter 4, in fact, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Let me go over there. Hebrews chapter 10, praise God. And let's read verse 29. Verse 29 and 28 and 27, uh, praise God, re refers to someone who had the word of God, knew the word of God, and then fell away from it and turned it back on it and all that. And it says, how much sore punishment suppose you shall he be thought worthy who have trodden underfoot the son of God, counted the blood of the covenant, whereas he was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despite unto the spirit of grace. Now that word despite there, praise God, means that an individual has done what? That, that individual has, has come to the place where they have insulted because they knew God, they knew the word of God, and then they turned away from him. And they insulted who? The pneuma of Harris, the spirit of grace. So grace is not a condition. Grace is a person. He's the Holy Ghost. Yes. See, he has many different names, just like God the Father. You, you talk about Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Tiskanu, Jehovah Shama, yeah. all the different things that talk about his attributes, but he's Jehovah. Yeah. You have the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. He's, he's Jesus Christ. He's the, he's the Son of God. He's the Lamb of God. We can go on all the different names he has. Yeah. And then with the same thing with the third person of the Trinity, 1 first, first John 5, 7 said, yeah. there are three that bear record in heaven, right? right? The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. And these three are one. Amen. The Father, Father, if I can just kind of use these kind of terms, if you'll forgive me, but uh, the Father kind of ran the show in the Old Testament. It's Jehovah. First 4,000 men. Man, Jesus' term was 33 years on the earth. Of course, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost were always all the way through the Bible, all the way. But manifested to man, Jesus, only 33 years, but it was the most impactful 33 years of all. Yeah. Hallelujah. And then Jesus said, I'm going away. And I'm going to send you another comforter because he was their comforter while he was on the earth. And I'm going to send you another one. He will abide with you forever. Okay, amen. That comforter, paracletos, amen. 
a helper, all that. He is the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost has another name. Spirit of grace. So when you understand that the Holy Spirit is actually in charge and in our what they call period of time dispensation, the one in charge is the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay, amen. So in most cases in the New Testament, when you read about grace, you're talking about the Holy Spirit's ministry and attributes of him. And that's what most Christians don't understand. Okay, amen. Now, I'm going to share something else to you to help you understand also about this. Turn to Romans chapter 3. Because I really want to get into great grace today because the assignment the Lord gave me for this church was about helping you to understand and set the stage for this region of the country. Praise God. Have an explosion of great grace with all of its manifestations. But in Romans chapter 3, the apostle Paul is going to say something. He says here in verse 5, but if our unrighteousness commends the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unrighteous who take vengeance? I speak as a man. God forbid, for then how shall God judge the world? If the truth of God more increases through my lie under his glory, why am I judged as a sinner? And not rather as we be slanderously, and if you're taking notes, underline the word slanderously. As we be slanderously reported, as some affirm that we say. Now that word slanderously, blasphemeal, means that an individual has slandered me. I've been slandered, defamed, I've been defiled. He says, some have slandered me and they have defamed me, they have defiled me. And some people affirm and some people say that I say, let us do good that evil may come whose judgment is just. Amen. So Paul said, no, I do not teach that you can do evil and good come from it. That's what he said. And he said, anybody who says that is slandering me. So there's a teaching out here on grace that, well, you know, you can't do whatever you want and then the Holy Ghost kind of back you up and forgive it and all of that and all that. And that is absolute slander. Now that's what Paul said. And they will use Paul's words in chapter six to try and say, what shall we say then? Shall we continue and say that grace be abound? You don't start what he started talking about in chapter six. You start reading what he was talking about in chapter three. And he said, that is not what I said. And so now you would understand what he's not talking about. I don't have time to get into that. Okay, amen. Praise God. But I want you to understand what grace is not and what grace is. So grace is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. His manifestation. Yes. Him manifesting himself unto you, particularly with signs, wonders, manifestations, demonstrations, gifts, and anointings of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. Grace of God then, of course, is the anointing. Paul said, praise God, is that I have been given grace to minister to the Gentiles. In other words, I have been given the ability by the Holy Spirit to do these things. Now, all right. So just just going through a a little bit of this, 
Now let's go back to Acts chapter four and let's get into great grace today. Can I get three hallelujahs this morning? One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Now you got to understand what the conditions were around the disciples in Acts 4.33 when great grace is now manifest. Understand what happened. The whole area around the Lord Jesus Christ in Jerusalem was chaotic. Remember Jesus had multitudes of people following him. And then to have him taken, beaten, crucified, caused a massive uproar. Amen. Jesus, of course, appeared to a couple of disciples running up the top, walking on the road, you know, after his, uh, after this happened. And they didn't know it was Jesus. He said, so what's going on? Again, I'm going to use our language. What's going on? And they said, what do you mean what's going on? Are you deaf? Don't you understand? Haven't you heard about what happened to Jesus of Nazareth? Uh, right? So the whole area is chaotic and his supporters are upset and his detractors are upset. It was a big thing that what happened with the Lord Jesus Christ and in fact what happened during that time reverberated around the then known world and is still reverberating today. Amen. Chaotic time, praise God. So what happens? The Jesus appears in Acts chapter 1. He appears to over 500 eyewitnesses. Yes. And in Acts chapter 1, it says that Jesus then taught them about the things of the kingdom of God for 40 days, almost six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Now, can you imagine, first of all, can you imagine being taught personally? Can I come down here? Yes, sir. We do it all the time. Can you imagine being taught personally by the Lord Jesus Christ face to face for six oh. weeks? So he's going to personally teach these disciples for six weeks, almost six weeks. Right? And they still didn't get it. (laughs) They they still didn't get it. He he teached for almost six weeks, and they they said, Now, Lord, will you restore Israel? When are you going to restore Israel back to being the number one nation in the earth? And Jesus said, He said, that's in the Father's time, man. You ain't got a time for that. He said, let me tell you what you're going to do. You're going to do Acts 1-8. Yep. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost come upon come you, on. and you shall be witnesses unto me. Yeah. Yep. And the things he tells them is a big shock to them. Yeah. Not only are you going to witness in Jerusalem, yeah, of course, but you're going to do it in Samaria. Ooh, Samaria's are half Jews and half Gentiles, yeah. and we don't worship together. We don't do nothing together. You're going to go to people you don't normally go to and you're, you're going to go to people that you look down on. Come on. And you're going to go to the uttermost parts of the world. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Nobody has what we have. We're going to go to the whole world. That was our shock to them. Yeah. They're going to make more mistakes, of course. <laughs> you get on it. <laughs> they go to the upper room. You know what happens. And when they get in the upper room, they cast lots to see who's going to be the next apostle. Can you yeah. imagine? After six weeks of teaching of Jesus and, and then how you're going you gonna to choose the next apostle. Not God. You're going to do it. <laughs> and you say, I don't have time to walk through this, but read it. Amen. They said they are going to choose and they gave God a choice. You can only choose between these two people. They're going to tell God, now look, you're going to either, either from this one or this one because it can only be from people who were with us from the beginning. Yeah, that's it. You should go home and read that, okay? Yeah, yeah. I read that I went, say what? They told God, what? 
they, they told him that. Then they cast lots. Oh, they gonna gamble now to find out which one is which. <laughs> and then the lot falls on Matthias. It's the last time you ever heard him about Matthias. Wow. Right? God's gonna have a choice, all right, but the guy, guy he's gonna replace him with, the guy who was not with him, Somebody they would have never chosen. A guy who is going to do what? Persecute the Jews. Amen. That next apostle is going to be Paul. Amen. And so the disciples were just like us, which is what? They had a lot of learning to do, even when they were taught by the Lord Jesus for six weeks. So we're all growing and developing and learning. Amen. Which is, it means there's an attitude we should have always about revelation of the word. And yes. When I get to the end of this, you'll see what that attitude is. Amen. Now, give me three more hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. So you see the scene. They get to Acts chapter 3, and in Acts chapter 3, they run across a, a, a man at the gate, beautiful. Uh-huh. 40 years of age. Yes. Always been this way. And if you've been to Israel, you know the gates coming into Solomon's temple and all, and all that. Yep. Amen. So he, people have known this guy all his life. He's been begging all his life. Everybody knows who he is. And uh, uh, as Peter walks by and, they, and this guy's expecting to get some money like everybody else, you know, helps him. And Peter says, I don't have, I, I'm flying through this because I know y'all know the scripture. Yeah. So I'm just reminding so I won't read it. Amen. Yeah. But <laughs> Peter says, no, I don't have any money, but I got something better than money. Yeah. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk, hallelujah. Grab that man, praise God, lift him up, his ankle bones receive strength. That man walking, leaping, praising God. And everybody's shocked because everybody knows this guy. We've been walking past, all my life I've been walking, I've been walking past this guy. And this guy's leaping and he's running and he's hugging on Peter and Peter and then all of that. And everybody's saying, what in the world happened? Now remember, remember, they've seen all this stuff with Jesus. Come on, yeah. Amen. And they thought all of this stuff died when he was crucified and then here it is again. Miraculous things are happening in Corinth. Word goes around everywhere, all over Jerusalem. People start running and coming and looking. Here's evidence. There's power even after Jesus. Word gets to the Sanhedrin Council, the government, governing body. And they become very upset. Yes. Amen. And in chapter 4, praise the Lord. I think we'll read just a little bit of it. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Well, let's pick up here reading. Amen. Praise God. I think I'll pick up with verse. All right. Verse 18, they called them and they commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. Don't you teach in this name of Jesus anymore. By the way, just as a sidebar, the Greek word for the word name is onama. Onama means authority and it means character. So when you say or you minister to someone in the name of Jesus, of course you can say name of Jesus. But again, if you don't know what words mean, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Come on. Okay. because faith can only be exercised where something is known. So, so it's very important to know what a word means. So, so onoma means authority and character. So you say, I'm ministering to you 
What is the most outstanding characteristic of God? Love. I'm ministering to you in the love of God. And I'm ministering to you in the authority that Jesus has. What authority does Jesus have? He has authority in three worlds, heaven, earth, and hell. Praise God. Hallelujah. He is the kurios. He is the highest authority of all. So you're saying, praise God, that authority, by the way, as you know, has been given unto you. So you say, when you're talking to a devil, you don't have to look and see whether or not something happened. You tell him, come out in Jesus' name. Amen. You said, I'm standing in the place of Jesus. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter one, praise the Lord, that we complete Jesus' ministry on earth. You are Jesus in the earth. He's the head and we're the body. And we've been given his authority. So they said, don't you teach anymore about Jesus' authority. Amen. Jesus taught a lot about his authority, but that's another issue. So they commanded them, of course, in verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company. Everybody should have a company they go to. Shouldn't be floating around, you know, well, I just, I don't really have a church. Well, God set pastors in the body of Christ because everybody needs a shepherd. Amen. So they went to their own company. And they reported everything that the chief priest and the elders said unto them, which of course is going to include again, I'm assuming you've read a lot of this, but assuming, uh, amen, that they were threatened to be killed if they continued. So, and there's at least 8,000 people here. We know that too, because 3,000 were born on the day of Pentecost, 5,000 more. We know there's at least 8,120. It's probably more than that. But there's at least 8,000, praise God, people that are here, and they are here. If you continue this path, the people who tack Jesus on a tree, and these same people who exercise crucifixion, they are saying the same thing's going to be done to us if we continue. Now, you got a big choice here to make now. Oh, see, it's one thing to be a follower. It's another thing to be a follower and execution can come with your actions. And I said, that's when you find out who's really real. That's See, that, that's when the rubber meets the road now. That's a whole different thing. There are a lot of people, man, you know, who do all kinds of stuff until maybe death. You start talk, talking about death. Yeah. <laughs> See, so they all been given. See, every said all, all was reported what was said. Keep reading. When they heard that, all the people did. They lifted up their voice to God with what? Oh, underline that. Somebody tell me what one accord means. Unanimity. Absolute unity. Unity is when you don't have, uh, you don't have somebody trying to go off in a different direction. See, what we're about to read already will require, I can tell you right now, it will require a church becoming unified. Now, that doesn't mean that people don't have different opinions. It doesn't mean that people don't all feel the same. But they have made a decision. 
And they are not going to allow something that I may not agree with you over here to be anything that determines what our course is. Are you listening to me? And the unifying principle for Faith Outreach Church is the Word of God and the leadership of the pastor. I like this church. I'm getting some amens here. I don't like quiet churches, and this one is not quiet. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Last week when I was ministering at Copeland's Conference, I did that tell you. I ministered to 2,500 ministers. Right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was quiet as a church. Yes, sir, it was. It was, sir. I had to tell them, y'all got to say something to me. I mean, <laughs> I said, I'm, even though I got all kind of people in my church, you know, I got all different races and all that, but most of them look like me. Uh-huh. I mean, people lay on the beach to try and look like me, right? <laughs> They want to get golden brown. I mean, <laughs> when you go to a church with most of the people that way, churches are not quiet. There's always somebody saying amen and glory to God and praise the Lord or, or shut up or, or oh no. They're always saying something. So I'm used to that kind of church. You know, so I, so I, I like this church already. Praise God. Well, they lifted up their, their voice to God in one accord. And then they said something. Oh, come on. Lord, thou art God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou have anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Now note what it said in verse 24. They, they lifted up their voice to God and said in one accord. How do you get 8,120 people all to say the same thing at the same time? And particularly this. Yeah. Well, where would you find some of that? Well, keep a finger here in Acts chapter 4. Turn to the Psalm, second Psalm, please. Thank you, Jesus. Now, here in the second Psalm, praise the Lord. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar. Verse 1. Why do the heathen rage? The people imagine a vain thing. The kings of the earth set themselves. The rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against his anointed saying, so forth and so on. In other words, how you got those 8,120 plus people to all together say the same thing, somebody got out the book. They got out the psalm, amen. They immediately after being threatened, then they got the word of God out. And the unifying principle was the word of God that held them all together. And they all said what they said. And that's the first element, first element in order to have great grace manifest. Yes. Yes. It's got to be the word of God and an agreement about the word of God. Amen. Amen. Now, let's go back to it. Thank you, Jesus. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings 
and grant unto thy servants that with all parousia, is the Greek word, parousia means with all frankness, with all bluntness, with all publicity, all openly, let us be super bold. Wow. Uh, now, I have a tendency when I read the word, I, I read the word and I put it into, I'm from Detroit. So I read it into Detroit 2023. <laughs> so when I read it, I'm there. See, I meditate. So I'm there. I'm in that crowd of 8,120. Yeah. Okay. okay, and remember now, see, these folks are not making empty threats. Right. Jesus was not the only person crucified. There are lots of people being crucified. That's right. They've seen them crucified upside down. They've seen people crucified upside up. They, they've seen people killed. I mean, these, these folks are, these folks got blood on their hands. These, they know these people are serious. Yeah. Right? And these people told you this is what's going to happen to you if you continue with this Jesus stuff. Right? Uh-huh. Right? Right. right. Yeah. And so they get out the word and they read the word. But many people I know, maybe some people you know, I got the military guys here, wouldn't it? But uh, most folks would have went, if they were praying, Lord, protect us. Lord, let your divine protection, you know, watch over us. Keep us from being killed, Lord. Oh, Lord. Uh, help us, Lord. Right? Y'all know what I mean yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, right? People would have been praying for protection. They would have been thinking about themselves, their kids, their families, what happened if something happened to me. You notice this is not what they ask. Come on. Let's look again at what they ask. Amen. Thank you for giving me time. Yes, sir. You got me. Okay, uh, thank you. Yes, sir. They don't always give me that. All right. You got it here. We brought you here. All right. Look, look at their threatening. See, see what they're saying, what they're going to do to us. And grant unto our servants with all publicity, us being more open, us being more blunt, Come on. us being more frank, Come on. that they may speak the word. Yes. Yeah. And not only that, we're asking that you stretch forth your hand to heal. We want more demonstrations and signs and wonders may be done by the authority and in the love of your holy child Jesus. What a prayer. This tells you something about this group. This group is all in. This group is 100% in. And it also tells you they don't care about their lives. Now in a time of chaos, whether or not you're talking about during Jesus' day or in 2023 when they're trying to shut your mouth. And where there are groups who are willing to try and harm you because of your stand for Jesus. If you're going to have an explosion of the Holy Ghost with signs and wonders, it will require boldness. It will require courage. Are you listening to me? We're coming into a time even in our nation, and I've seen it in Europe already, we're coming into a time in our nation where Christians will have to make a decision whereby not only may it not cost you your job, 
like right now, it certainly can in some places. It can cost you your employment. It could maybe cost you your freedom or your life. Now, these people undoubtedly have made this decision. And remember back then, they didn't, they didn't have what we have now. At least we have, supposedly, we have courts of law and process and all that. I mean, Jesus Day, man, they had very little of that and then up you went. Yeah. Yes. Bang. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You might just be killed on the spot back in these days. Yeah. So, so you understand what we're looking at. All right. And when they had prayed, mm-hmm. so they got the word first. Word first. Then they asked God, or they confessed the word. And they asked God for signs, wonders, manifestations, demonstrations, gifts, and anointings. Yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. this is what we need to focus on with prayer. Yes. Yeah. In the church. We need to focus now, now, because, and, and understand, signs, and let me also say this too. We don't need signs and wonders and manifestations and demonstrations as Christians to believe. Right. Amen. 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 That's it. Right, that's right. Right. We don't believe because we see. We believe it's because it's written. Right. The signs, wonders, manifestations, demonstrations, and gifts primarily is for the lost. My spiritual father, Brother Hagin, used to say, healing is the dinner bell. People get healed, they want to come find out some more about this stuff. Uh, amen. And so they're asking. They're asking for a spreading of the word of God across all of Israel. We need that here in our, yeah. our nation. But now, when you got churches, in, particularly in the South, you got churches on every corner, uh, amen. People are, you know, if you ask them, are you a Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah. They, they don't know what Christian means. Come on. They don't know nothing about the lifestyle, but everybody's a Christian. Yeah, come on. Yeah, amen. amen. The real Christians, praise the Lord. Yes. Have some signs, <clears throat> wonders, yes. manifestations, yes. demonstrations. Yes. The greatest, however, of all manifestation of grace is Ephesians 2.8. Mm-hmm. Now yes. turn over there real quick. Praise God. Can I get three more praise the Lord somebody? Praise the Lord. Now Ephesians 2.5 and Ephesians 2.8 both say the same thing. It says, for you are saved by grace through faith. Now of yourselves is the gift of God. Everything in that verse is the gift of God. Salvation is the gift of God. Faith is the gift of God. Grace is the gift of God. Now it's worth because any man should boast. What happened when you got saved? And it's the greatest miracle of all. What happened? Well, praise God. Your category wasn't just shifted over. Come on. No, no, no. Something far more happened than that. Amen. You were a sinner born with the nature of sin. Yeah. Yeah. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. We're all born that way. Yes. Right. Now sinner sins cause a sinner sins cause they are sinner. That's why why we don't preach to people when they first come in, we don't tell them we don't stop your drinking, stop your smoking, stop your carousing to get saved. That's backwards. Amen. <laughs> That's right. 
They're doing what they're doing because that's who they are. We tell them, come on, God loves you. We'll receive you, praise God. And then something happens when they get born again, when they do Romans 10, 9. If you shall acknowledge with your mouth, Jesus as Lord shall believe in your heart. God's raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto right standing with God. And with your mouth, homologia, acknowledgement is made unto your deliverance. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What happened? When you did that, the Holy Ghost killed the old you. And recreated you in the Second Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he is a he is a new creation. And what did all that? Power did all that. Holy Ghost is the one that did that. Spirit of grace did that. He killed the old you, recreated a new you. Praise God. The outside, you still look the same. But on the inside, a fresh and a new has come. Glory to God. That's the greatest miracle of all. Take somebody who was dead and make them alive. So when we say, praise God, and that is a miraculous thing. And it's a sign. It's not the only ones. But it's the first one. It's still the most important one. Can I get a hallelujah somebody? All right. Now, let's keep reading. What a prayer in that situation. And by stretching forth your hand to heal, signs, wonders may be done through the authority or by the name, authority and character of your holy child Jesus. And when they had made that request, the place was shaken. God was pleased here. Why? I mean, if the place was shaken, obviously God was pleased. Uh-huh. In the building. Come on. <laughs> the place was shaken. They were all assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost again. A refilling of the Holy Ghost. God was obviously pleased. What pleases God? Without faith, it's not possible to please him. The word please means, the Greek word please means to gratify entirely. Without, without faith, it's not possible to gratify God entirely. God is gratified when you walk in faith. I mean, you understand that. If you got children, right? I mean, I got, me and her got three kids. We got seven grandkids, right? So if, if, uh, if one of my grandkids, or if I'll give an example of one of my daughters. When she was five, she's a pastor. Uh, amen, Pastor Michelle. Pastor Michelle was five. Uh, I went. I was somewhere, and they told me what happened. I wasn't there. I was on the road somewhere, I guess. And I came home, and some adult said to her and contradicted what I told her, and said to her such and such. And she said, she said, and if you knew my daughter Michelle, she talks with a whole face. You know, even when she was then, she still does talk with her whole face. You know. <laughs> And they contradicted it in Michelle. They told me Michelle said, uh-uh, my daddy said. In other words, if my daddy said it, you lied. Now, now, now I, I taught her to be with adults, you know, how to handle yourself. But if you knew, Michelle has always been this way, but she still is to this day. I mean, Michelle will knock you down and then ask for apologies afterwards. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so... <laughs> The point of the matter is when I heard that, I was gratified. Because as far as I was concerned, my daughter, if my daddy said it, don't matter. My daddy is not a liar. Come on. She has such faith in me that if I said it, 
That gratified me. Same thing with God. Pistis, the Greek word faith, means trust, confidence, belief, reliance, assurance. So they operated in some faith here. Clearly they did. And of course, when they read that word out loud, faith came by hearing and hearing. You hear it with the ear and you hear it with the heart. Hearing and hearing. Praise God. They received that word that they read, that they heard. They refused to be full of fear. They refused to run. Hallelujah. They got themselves off of their own minds and focused on the needs of other people. That's it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise God. And they're asking God to show up big. Come on. For these other people, not yes. for themselves. Yes. Although God's going to do some things for them, but he's going to do a whole lot more for the people they prayed for. That's it. That's called faith. Now remember that Ephesians 2.8. By grace are ye saved through. The Greek word for through is the word dia. It's the word for door. Yep. So by faith are you saved through the door of your trust, confidence, yep. belief, reliance, and assurance. Of course, in the Greek word saved is sozo. Yep. To be healed, preserved, yes. made sound, made whole, delivered. Yep. So you are healed by grace. See the big dog, the two dogs there. See, there's faith and there's grace. The big dog is not faith. Come on. The big dog is grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. Tells you what the purpose of faith is. Faith's purpose is to release the spirit of grace. Come on. Its purpose is to allow God to do what he wants to do. That's what faith's about. And that's why God is only pleased when you operate by faith. Because if you don't operate by faith, he can't do what he wants. Come on. That's the way he set it up. All right, let's read this some more. Anybody get anything out of this? And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And their prayers, one of the things they asked is that we may speak boldly. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Yes. Amen. The parousia. And the multitude of them were of one heart and one soul. The soul is, of course, the word soul, suke. The word is mind, will, and emotions. So not only were they the same mind, they all got emotionally in the same state. Yes. See, God's the one who gave us emotions. God's got emotions. You're reading the Bible, it says God got angry about something. Mm. Bible says a fearful thing to fall into the hands of him. Don't you mess with him. Hallelujah. See, God was happy. God was pleased. God was angry. God, God's the one with emotions. Nothing wrong with emotions. As long as emotions are kept in the proper context. Amen. Within the guardrails they're supposed to be, right? So when they have one heart and one soul, they all believe in the same thing and they are all emotionally that it don't matter to us what happens to us. It's true. We are needed. It's one of the reasons why I'm so big on military. I'm big on military guy and police. Amen. Despite some of the stuff we've seen with police lately. 
That's not the normal office. No, it's not. There are fools in every profession. Even in the pulpit. Yeah, there's some of them, but you follow them, oh Lord. But anyway, so but why? Because what do they do? What these individuals do, they're being selfless. You know how dangerous a job it is in the military and the police? They even shoot at people EMS in cities like mine where I come from. Yeah. Okay, you can you can be treating somebody and somebody pop off a rifle round at you. EMS has been killed. See, so these are selfless people who decide to serve. And usually they've been called. This is why to not give respect to these people is just ridiculous. Amen. That's right. Amen. Just ridiculous. And not to be taught that to children. Come on. That's right. Come on. Don't, don't let me get on my high horse. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right. Praise God. Hallelujah. So they had one heart, one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own. Wow, now you, now I know that one heart, one soul, amen. Because these are married, so many people are married. Yeah. Right? Say, we don't care about our money either. Come on. Now, wait a minute now. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. Can't you hear something why I said, wait, 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 wait. She thinking about her Louis Vuitton man and all that. I mean, what you mean? <laughs> Our money don't matter no more. Come on. Yeah. Now, we're talking about the conditions of great grace. Yeah. I hope y'all take a note of all this. And what the Lord said about this is that he's expecting this church to be there. All right. Yes, sir. The way he sent me to say it, tell you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Faith comes by hearing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. Nothing they possess was their own. See, don't just read the Bible like it's the Bible. Read it like it's the newspaper. You believe that? Yeah. Uh, Come on, somebody. Come on. You mean put yourself there. What you mean? My car's not mine. My house is not mine. Okay. My diamonds are not mine. My rings are not mine. My property is not mine. None of this is mine. We're talking about attitude. Yeah. Right. What their attitude was. They lost all their possessiveness. Yeah. Possessiveness. That's good. Hmm? All right, let's read some more. Things which, which possessed was on, they had all things coming. Now, he's not requiring, don't get this wrong, and there's a community in Michigan, uh, used to be anyway, I don't know if it still exists, called Word of God Community. And so everybody did what we're about to read in Acts, and they gave up everything they had, and they all lived together, and all the things coming. That's not required of Scripture. That's right. That's right. It's not required of Scripture. But what the Scripture is telling you, however, is their attitude sort of stuff. Yes. Because anything you have, you got from God. Amen. At the end of the day, you got it from God. Are you listening to me? Yeah. And anything you have, you should be willing to wear it as a loose garment. Come on. Ooh. Thank you, Lord, for giving it to me. But I'm willing to, you know, give it away. I mean, man, I know one, uh, one brother came and he gave me a Rolex presidential watch with all kind of diamonds. I think that watch back in them days was like $25,000 or something like that. Guy come up to me and he, he said, the Lord told me to give you, give you this presidential watch. So he did. And I received it in Jesus' name. Praise <laughs> <God>. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I received it with the love of God. Hallelujah. Uh, I received that, that watch, and I was wearing that watch on for about two months, and it was beautiful. Oh, it was gorgeous. Man, it was, yeah, it was, it was bling bling, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> That thing was slamming, baby. <laughs> then the Lord said to me, about two months, he said, he said, this, this, what, this watch don't even belong to you. I said, huh? He said, I'm having you hold this watch for so-and-so. And when you see him, you give it to him. Okay. Hello, somebody. God's just letting you hold on to what you got for a moment. But you may be holding it for somebody else. I'll give you another one. We've had four aircraft, four jet planes. And the first one we had was a Lear, fast. I used to do, what I used to do back in the day, we had me doing church planning in the United States. Mainly my church plan is not so much in the United States anymore. But back in the day, he gave me a assignment to plant churches. And we've done it from California to Florida, etc. And so I had to have a fast plane because I do Detroit, fly to Atlanta, do another service in Atlanta, and then fly to Phoenix every Sunday and minister Sunday night in Phoenix and build churches along the line. So I had to have a fast jet. So I had a little Lear, uh, and the nickname for that Lear was Pocket Rocket. <laughs> she was fast. She was little, but she was fast. And, she, and her design was actually a fighter jet. Okay, civilian fighter jet made back. So she was real fast. It was my first one. And <laughs> that was a nice little jet, praise God, you know, all over. One day the Lord said to me, he said, I want you to give, it, give your jet away. How <laughs> am I supposed to get from Detroit, Atlanta, and Phoenix, and everywhere else you're sending me? I ain't got no jet. How am I supposed to do that? <laughs> he didn't, you know, the Lord, he won't argue with you not at all. I mean, when he says something, that's it. That's it. He ain't going to say nothing else. Nope. So now, so now you got a decision. You're either going to do it and do it the right heart and all that or not. Right. Okay. He ain't going to argue with you no more. Lord, why? He ain't going to give you a whole bunch of why. You either believe him and do what he says or you don't. Stop asking him why. That's for somebody. That's for somebody. Stop asking him why. Accept what he said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, so I said, all right, Lord. So I called Richard Robertson. Flew down there because the Lord told me to give it to Oral. Uh-huh. So I called Richard. I said, Richard, I actually flew into town. I flew into Tulsa, into uh, the mil uh, Millionaire, which is the FBO. I flew into Millionaire, and I called Richard. I said, Richard, I said, I need to see you, man. He said, Richard, I said, Keith, I'm all tied up, man. I'm booked all day long. I said, Richard, the Lord told me to give you all my jet. He said, I'll be right down. <laughs> he said, blink, blink. <laughs> right there, baby. He said, blink, blink. <laughs> Richard showed up too, man. She was, she was with me. Richard showed up. She, she'll confirm what I'm saying. Richard showed up. You ever seen somebody laugh, cry, and speak in tongues at the same time? I opened it up. You know, Richard got sat in the back of the jet, and Richard was laughing and crying and you know, and all of that. And, and I handed him the keys, you know. And I came out, and I was almost like Lot's wife, man. I mean, I almost looked back at it. <laughs> And she, what she did was she said, she said, come on, come on. <laughs> oh, 
But see, if you want to do great things, you got to be willing to do great things. Yes, sir. That's really good. Oh, I'm going to say that again. You want to have great things, you got to be willing to do great things. Are you listening to me? That's the first jet I had, man. I mean, you know how I believe God for that jet? Right? Praise God. Well, we've had now four, and I'm not believing for a fifth. I just sold one recently, so I'm believing for a fifth. I came on commercial down here this week. Amen. I'm believing God for a really... Amen. I'm believing God for now. Oh yeah, baby. Anyway, but I got I got seed in the ground, so it's Amen. coming. Amen. It's coming. As far inside, as far as I'm concerned, it's, done. it's already done. It's done. I agree. Right. I'm telling you all this. I'm telling you, great grace requires understanding that everything you have, you got from God, and you should wear it loosely. So, Lord, if you want me to sow it, I'll sow it. Whatever it is, you want me to sow it, I'll sow it. Amen. 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 He may have you pay off somebody else's debt for that house, yeah. and you're still working on your own. But God does stuff like that. He does. He'll have you do stuff like that so that everything with God's always a twofer. It always blesses at least two people, not one. It always at least blesses two people. It never just blesses you. It's never just for you. It's always for you and someone else. Uh, y'all was kind of quiet on that one. Moving right along, praise the Lord. Amen. So neither said any of them that all of the things which he had was belonged to him. They had all things coming. And with great power. And the Greek word here, power, is dynamis. We know uh-huh. what great is. Great supernatural miracle working ability. Past beyond what you could do yourself. That's my clock telling me it's time to shut up. <laughs> I've been preaching for a solid hour. So I always ask that in churches, if I'm preaching somewhere, I would only go forward further only if you give me permission. Well, that was actually a minority of the crowd. The bunch of folk just looking at me, so maybe I should. Uh, I'll give you one, one more chance, so it's to say. Uh, should I continue? Is it time to shut down? Which one should I should it be? You got about a quarter of the crowd, though, that says no. You need to note that. Okay, it's about a quarter of the crowd that says no. Okay, amen. All right, but the majority in this case, we're going to be democratic. Okay, small d. But I'm, I'm almost done. I'm getting down to the rub of it, all right? All right, now what he says this. And with great supernatural ability gave the apostles witness of the resurrection. That's what they asked for. Yes. See, so he's answering specifically the things that they asked for and grace, megas, yeah. large, broad, broad yes, sir. wide, yes, sir. deep, yep. all this stuff to my megas. Uh-huh. Grace which is 
manifest power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. Amen. Amen. Manifest power. Was upon, then notice, them all. It wasn't just on the apostles. It was so wide that it was at least 8,120 people all of a sudden had the anointing come on, not just the preacher, but it came on the parishioner. It came on everybody who was involved. Anybody who decided I'm going to be here and I'm willing to give my life and give everything I have and I'm going to pray for others, the great grace of God fell on all of Everybody, you can have that great miracle working power of God Almighty flow through you. You don't have to be the pastor of the church. That's right. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. No wonder he said in Mark 16, he didn't say preachers shall lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. He said believers shall lay hands on the sick. Why? Believers should be operated in the grace of the living God. Yes. Christianity is not a religion. I mean, it's been religions made out of it, forms and customs. No, it's an experience with power, with someone who is alive. His name is Jesus Christ. Jesus, the one that's anointed, and was he anointed with grace? Yes. John 1.14 said, praise God, that Jesus was covered over. The word full, said full of grace and truth. The word there, full, is the Greek word pleris. Means he was covered over with grace. Jesus was, in John 1.14, he was covered over with the grace of God and the spirit of truth. Thank you, Lord. And that happened in the Jordan River when the Holy Ghost uh-huh. descended yeah. upon him like as a dove. Yeah. And it became Acts 10 38, how God anointed mm. Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with Dunamis and with yeah. Dunamis. Holy Ghost and, and, I got time to teach on that one. But Holy Ghost and with Dunamis, yeah. who went about doing good, he and all that were oppressing the devil. God's with him. Amen. Praise God. How's he with him? By the Holy Ghost, Spirit Amen. of Grace. Yes, sir. The same is what's available to you in Faith Outreach Church. Verse 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them. Brought the price of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet. Now, again, you are not required to do that unless the Lord told you to do that. But the reason why he is writing this is to tell you that they weren't just people who were talking. They were people who were doing. Last quote, talk a big game. Right? (laughs) When I was a kid, man, I used to live across the street from elementary school. And we had a bully in the school. And this guy, man, he's standing on the corner, has to cross the street, and a lot of people cross this, had to cross this area. Uh, he's, you know, so he's big, bad, and he's, you know, shaking down everybody coming to the corner. Come to the corner, you get, you're getting your lunch, lunch pail, and all that, reach in your pocket, take whatever he wants, shut up. You know, everybody's scared of him, right? Ain't nobody, you ain't gonna do nothing to him, he beat your butt. You think you're gonna die fighting to fight this dude, this dude's bad, leave him alone, right? So he's shaking everybody down the corner. Shook me down too, like everybody else. 
I'm a little tiny little stick, you know. And shake me down. And, but one day, I just got tired of being shaken down. All right. I just got, no, nah, I thought I was going to die that day. I really did. I thought I was about to die. I said, I'm going to die today, but I'm going to die with my lunch. <laughs> I'm dying, but I'm going to die with my lunch. I mean, I didn't have no faith that I was going to win this fight, but I just, you know, so I'm, now he ain't taking from nothing from me no more. I just got, you know, so sure enough, he's on, I get there on the corner, day is, he's shaking everybody down, and I come by, he say, you know, Butler, come here, give me your stuff. No, and I said, no, and you know how kids, they went, ooh, <laughs> fight, 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 fight. <laughs> and he's standing there like, are you serious? And he turns around and says, is he serious? I mean, something like that. He didn't say serious, but, you know, he said something like yeah. that. Are you serious? He go to, and when he turned back, I didn't wait for him to swing. As <laughs> soon as his head came back around, pow! I hit him as hard as I could hit him in the nose, you know. And I'm thinking, this is the only blow I'm going to get in here, so. <laughs> Might as well get it on in here, because he's going to wipe the street. I mean, I really thought he's going to wipe the street with me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I hit him, bam! And he went down like somebody hit him with a ball team hammer. Y'all know what that is. Right? Wham! He went down. Boom! Hit the ground and... Because when I saw that, then I jumped right in the room. Don't you ever! Finish the job. You know what... You know what... And you know what happened after that with the girls in school, right? Keys. <laughs> well, I was bad then, you know. What's the point for all this story? The point of the story was people talk until rubber meets the road. When you find out they're frauds, these people met the test. That's the demonstration the Spirit's giving you. I'm closing. I'll give y'all 10 more minutes for the last 20, 20% of y'all. Come on. About, come ten, on. about 10 more minutes. They laid them at the apostles' feet. Distribution was made to every man according as he had need. Jose, who by the apostles' surname Barnabas. Uh-huh. There's a lot about him in Acts. Which being by interpretation, he's, he's the son of comfort or consolation. He's a Levite priest. Country of Cyprus. Having land sold and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, to save time, I'm going to tell you what happens in chapter 5, the first part, and then close the message. So, there are two people by the name of Ananias and Sapphira. Now, understand when power gets turned up, there's a reason why the power is not turned up full. Because if the power is turned up full, Remember like what God told Moses? He said, you can't see my glory. So if you saw me, you can't see my face. You would die. It would kill you. He said, so I'm only going to let you see my backside and I'm going to have to cover, put my hand here to kind of shade that. Because when you have the holiness which you cannot describe, when you have the holy fire of God come up against human flesh or sin, 
It ain't going to be the holiness that loses. But something going to happen. Something going down. 